0: Um, It's it's always good to to be back here with y'all boys, but we have a special guest today, and we're going to announce you again uh, when we do the actual introductions, but we got a good friend of mine, one of the uh, most talented up-and-comers in the sports journalism game. Um, Delon Noel is here, and so... We're we're gonna try to not be complete and total um, words that I cannot say because we're trying to keep our clean rating. But how you feeling, DeLon?
1: Thank you all for having me. I'm feeling pretty good. It's been a good day. Pretty chaotic day of football. How y'all feeling?
0: Uh, you know, it's it, football for me on Sundays is always a good time because either way, e- any, any way it goes, I'm gonna be happy at the end of Sundays because I know what the Lions are gonna bring me. Right, Like I, I expect every Sunday for us to lose by at least 10 points. Um, anytime we lose by more than that, it's like, hmm, wow, we didn't play well today. Anytime we lose by less than that, it's like, okay, I see what we're doing here. So,
2: so you know. I've been out all day. Like I literally stepped in the house and they got everything ready for, to do the pot. We let the Seahawks score 51.
3: Yeah. <clears throat> A struggling Seahawks.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's it's. It, I mean, what do we? What, what do y'all want from me here? I I don't. Listen, there's. It wasn't pretty. Um, again, you had to know this was coming. You you kind of had to know. It's all right. It's okay. We'll we'll live with that. We'll again, knowing that the Lions are going to lose every Sunday makes my life a lot easier. It makes my life a whole <laughs> lot easier. I, I don't. I'll never walk into a game like, oh man, the Lions. They're gonna get it done this Sunday. It's like it, it, it is peaceful. It is peaceful. How much are we gonna lose by? You know, like, you know, and, and then on top of that, watching the Rams play, either the Rams lose and the Lions get a better draft position, or Matt Stafford gets a win. I see this as an absolute win either way. Yeah. You know, so there's there's that. But we we like to get into would you rathers But today, since we have a special guest, we're going to ask a special question to start this pod off. What is the smallest reason that you have broken off a relationship or a talking phase? I know multiple people on this pod are currently in relationships, so don't incriminate yourself too much. Anybody who wants to start this off, the floor is open.
2: <laughs> you know what? I think uh, I think Christian started us off here. Well... Oh, you are. <laughs> worst. that I will not say.
0: But, um...
3: Uh, I think, uh, th- th- I can't believe I might say this, but s- somebody tried to kill me.
0: <laughs> Wait. I'm, I'm sorry. What? Chris, this was supposed to be I small mean, stuff. Yeah, he supposed to just. Off. that. like, that's a big, that's. Yeah, that's a reason. That's a very valid reason. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Somebody tried to kill me, and I'm alive today. It worked out. Um, I no saying longer associate with that person.
2: Saying that implies that there's been another situation where someone tried to kill
0: you, and you were fine with it.
3: No, no, not necessarily, not necessarily, not necessarily, not necessarily, man.
0: Now wait a minute. Is this but, the situation that we have talked about off air before? Is that the situation that you Yeah, about? yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. lord. Oh my we lord. We're not listen, gonna get into me, it no listen, more,
3: but but that's all that's all I'm gonna say. I mean
0: facts over acts listeners. Let let me just tell y'all, please don't be like Chris. Uh we are glad that he broke it off. (laughs) We are glad that this was the end of the road for him, but do not be like Chris. Anywho, I'll I'll go next here. Um, so there was a young woman that I was uh messing with in college, right? And this this young woman, she was cool. I was like actually interested in her all that, and so um, you know, one night I go over to her crib. We, We you know, we I before we even get into it. I get over there and I see the blue mattress. Now y'all know what the blue mattress means, right? Y'all y'all are recent enough to college to know what the blue mattress. Is. Everybody knows that, yes? Yeah, that's the yes, that's the twin XLT, right? Yep, it's the twin XL. So, um, but I never knew what that was because I at at NC State you didn't have to live on campus as an athlete as a freshman. So we lived in these apartments that was like technically off campus, but it was on campus more or less. But it wasn't we didn't have like the, the typical setup of like, oh, this is all the university stuff not. So um I'll pull up the shorty crib and see the blue mattress. And I said, yo, like this was a raw blue mattress, by the way. It didn't have <laughs> nothing. Like, on it. Like, no no covers it was on it. Boneless. A boneless as as <laughs> boneless as the wings. You understand? Mm-hmm. It was that th- I said, so y'all know me. You know, I'm I'm the type of person... If, if we associate with each other in any type of way, if we rock with each other in any type of way, right? This ain't just somebody that I'm having a relationship with. This ain't like any, if you're my friend, if you're my teammate, whatever, I'm a, like, what can I do to help you out? So um, I saw the the boneless blue mattress there and I, I asked the young one. I said, um, I can, you know, go to Walmart. It's only like $20 to get some some sheets for this bed. You know, we really I could throw 40 and get you like the <laughs> right. You know, a decent little thread count. Like that's it's a twin XL, isn't it the sheets ain't that expensive. And she was like, nah, I'm good. And I'm like, um, excuse me. <laughs> and she says, and I quote, Oh, I like my bed like this. Oh, now God. at this exactly, exactly. <laughs> now at this point in time, I did not have a car. And this was about a 15, 20 twenty-minute walk away from my apartment. So I'm not gonna lie, we still you know, we still did adult things. But after that, I immediately called my frat brother, or I texted him and said, Call me, act like it's an emergency, come scoop me. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm out of here. And after that, that was that was pretty much cooked. Cause it wasn't even that she had the blue mattress. I was cool with that. It was the fact that she did not want to have I don't, sheets on the blue mattress that was just like nah this is it oh i, I got a better I, I,
3: I, story i can replace my past story too please.
0: gibbs i don't think that's too crazy though i would have done the same thing i'm gonna just tell you that 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 listen no disrespect to the young woman if she's watching this but and, and no disrespect to anybody from the two five that's watching <laughs> this but that was instantly a moment for me where i said oh no oh no 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 if i see a two five here, two five two Pop up on my phone in these days? No, sir. <laughs> no, sir. We have nothing to talk about. Uh, uh-uh. uh. No, I'd rather hear from the people that are calling about my car's extended warranty. Anywho, uh, Joshua DeLon, feel free. Was, uh Chris go ahead and go ahead and uh, fill us in? All right, it, I right.
3: got a I got a better story, yeah, man. I'm, I'm I'm a, I'm a just because that was extreme. I ain't know he's doing little little. Okay, so little little. So I met this girl. Uh, Any y'all that's familiar with uh, Detroit Club Fame? in Ham Do not go there, please. It's not safe, okay? It's not safe <laughs> at all. Do not. Safe do after please, eight.
0: do not go there. Ball, I was
3: there because my friend was pressed. Like, I'm talking like, he's like, bro, if I don't go out tonight, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm like, bro, we playing mad, chilling, playing Super Smash bros. Like, the gang all here, like, just chill, bro. He like, nah, bro, it's four of us, bro. We can go to the club and we can pull some ladies. So I'm like, alright. So this lady, this girl I met, Two weeks before this event at Club Fame, I was already talking to her, right? She didn't mention a lot of details about her life. So, you know, I see her at Club Fame. I'm like, oh, what's up, sure, and So, So you know, we talking, chopping it up. It get to that point at night, you know, after 2 a.m., it's like, uh, you know, what's about to go down? You know, so it's like, so I, I slide. I'm like, you know, I could drop them off and, and spend a block. Be right down your way, you know? She's like, all right. So I pull up. She's like, oh, you can't come in. Yeah, clean it up. I'm like, okay, maybe she's just trying to make the bed or something real quick. I sat outside for 35 minutes. Like, I went and got some food
0: and came <laughs> back, and I was wait, like, wait, she wait. was like, you sat outside in Detroit at 2 a.m. for 35 listen, minutes? Listen, listen,
3: no, you know me. You know me. I said, how long you need? She was like, maybe like 20 minutes. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go to Coney real quick. So I went to Coney on 8 Mile. Then there I spun go. the block and popped back up. I'm eating the Coney. She like, all right, you come in. So I'm still, I'm like, let me finish my cone. I don't want to go in there eating the Coney, burping and all that in front of her. So I finished my cone. I finally go in 45 minutes later, bro. Then I go in, you know, adult things happen. We did, we did, but I fell asleep, which usually I would never do. I would get in the car, go back home, fell asleep. I hear a knock on the door when I wake up. I'm like, oh, you just your man or something? like, what's going on? So then I I instantly just grab my stuff and was about to get ready to get up (laughs) out of there out the window or something. And she was like, no. And she opened the door. She got a whole kid. She ain't say nothing about. Nothing about a kid. I'm like, "What? what's going on? Like, you, you didn't think I, I should know that it was a kid in the house? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you just you just, you just do this on the regular or something? It's like, no, this ain't like the third time. And instantly I was like, you know what? If I go to Club Fame, I'm just going to hold up the wall. Because I don't want nothing to do with nobody in Club Fame at all. Like, at, a, at all.
0: But see, that's that's not a small, Chris. Yeah, that's not a are small thing. These supposed to be little things. Somebody tried to kill you, and somebody hit <laughs> the kid from the world. Like this is, yeah. The I don't got that small. What's what? I see, Chris. I see you live living life like a movie out here. Delon, what's yours? What is the smallest reason you broke it off with? Just like, ah, that's it. That that's enough.
1: Honestly, <laughs> I have a really like low tolerance for people, but. I don't know. I've been in this kind of phase of trying to give like artsy guys a chance. So when I was seeing this one guy and he came over, it was Sunday. So of course I was watching football. So when he came in, he was like, can you turn this off? And I just got really offended (laughs) because everybody knows that football is just like what I live and breathe and eat. So just like ever since that conversation, like I asked him why, and he's just like, he wasn't in the mood to hear it or see it. And so, yeah, I just, Lost all interest after that. Cause what do you mean? Like, I, I was offended as if my son was out there playing. My team wasn't even playing. I just, I just knew it wasn't gonna work after that.
3: Miss Sellers, Miss Sellers, Miss Sellers, Miss Sellers. You said bro gotta go cause he said no to watching football.
1: Now I didn't kick him out in that moment, but conversation did start to dwindle after that. <laughs> That's fair. And
2: in your defense, it's kind of hard for me to imagine him saying that with any like amount of bass in his voice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey yo, hey yo, you silly.
0: That's tough. That's tough. That's tough. Again, I, Chris, we need to like work on like your like dating skills and all that because I don't know how you have come (laughs) across these moments where somebody tried to kill you and somebody had you wait outside for thirty five minutes. And there was a kid somewhere in the story. Like, those are both very big things. I'm sorry. If I pull up to somebody's crib and there's a child that pops up. No, but
3: the thing is, bro, I, she didn't say nothing about the kid when I walked in. Nothing. It was just like, she just walked in like it was just normal. Like, I noticed the second bedroom, but I was like, I'm not about to go on her. Bed. Maybe the that was just bedroom. the bounds
2: of the, that was the bounds of the sneaky
3: link You're supposed to just be in and out. Oh.
0: But the oh. point where your kid come wake us <laughs> up at six in the morning. Baby you wasn't supposed to be there at six. You know what? I wow. Y'all are y'all are something else. Y'all are something else. And and Chris, I, I may still want you arrested. I'ma just be honest. I'ma <laughs> just be honest. Um, uh, but, um... her too, but you know, you first. Anywho. Um, what's up, y'all? I have a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the facts over at Apple. We got the master of the mixing master Josh got in the building. That is I. We got the money, man, Mel DePlan, Adam, the plan Chris out in the building. Right here, right here. And then you got the little old MC that is me, Kenton Gibbs. And of course, we have our very ever so talented guest, DeLon Sellers in the building as well. How are you doing, DeLon?
1: I'm well. Thank you for having me.
0: No problem at all. Well, we know that you got uh, a lot of your start in this business in HBCU sports. You are a very proud alum of Bowie State, um, a very illustrious historically black college in the state of Maryland. So with that being said, is Deion Sanders good for HBCU sports in your opinion? And we'll, we'll let you start this thing off since you have the most intimate knowledge of it.
1: Now, I will say I'm glad that you asked this question because it gives me a chance to just fully, you know, I guess kind of walk back something that I initially said. I did not think that he was going to be good for Jackson state or HBCU football initially, Just because, you know, he can be showboaty and it seems like he wants attention more on himself rather than the program at times. Like the whole thing that was going on with the coach Dion thing, call me coach, don't call me Dion in the walkout. But Mm -hmm. since then, what he's been doing for the SWAC, for Jackson State, for that program has been astronomical. It's amazing. So I think he is doing amazing things for not only Jackson State and Swag, but HBCU football and sports in general.
0: You know, I think that the most interesting thing about that, and first of all, let's say, that, let's start here. On Facts Over Acts, we are perfectly fine with changing the tape once new information is introduced. Okay? Right. Well, you are not bound to, oh, I said this person was gonna be bad and so they bad forever. The, the fact of the matter is, I agree with you. And the, the moment with me that I was like, oh my God, here we go, here's the mess with Dion. Was the uh, the moment where there was a uh, alleged theft out of Dion's office during the game? Yeah, that was like
1: it
0: was what, and I don't think that was what third game, second third game. It was like, bro, what is this? And so a lot, (laughs) exactly. And to see where things have gone from there, I mean, listen, who would have guessed? That everything would have gone the way it was as far as him winning the swag, as far as him having the swag be on TV as much as it is, as far as him uh, having, you know, just a lot of viral moments with um, talking about how much he appreciates the swag and appreciates the players, as well as many other former pro football players joining on or former NFL coaches joining in to coach HBCUs. You got uh, Marvin Lewis at Grambling State. Eddie George is at Tennessee State, is it? Or... What did Eddie, does anybody know? I believe I'm Eddie. I right Yeah, I believe Eddie George uh, is, is coaching somewhere yeah, too now. Tennessee State. But. Yeah, so Eddie George coaching yeah. Tennessee State. There's there is a lot of um, a lot of a lot of things that have happened that I think you can directly trace back to the first domino falling being uh, Deion Sanders signing up to coach. So the biggest domino that I think we can all agree is the biggest domino the number one player in the nation and this is a kid that i've i've seen him play and when i saw him i said wait a minute he he's got it i don't we we know that you can't quantify what it is but he has it not only is this kid travis hunter bigger and faster and stronger than everybody well not stronger but he's bigger and faster and quicker than everybody else his ball skills and ability to play that thing in the air and make things happen when he has it in his hands are just otherworldly. And somehow, Dion got him to flip from Florida State, Dion's alma mater, to Jackson State. DeLon, what does that mean for HBCU sports? What does this mean uh, going forward for HBCU sports?
1: It can mean a lot if people see that sometimes it's worth just not – not just jumping in for that you know, instant gratification. Sometimes you can just jump in and play the long game and see what will come from what you do with that program. So I feel like a lot of people just go to the big name schools because they feel like they're assured that they're gonna get that TV time. They're with the big name coach, this, that, and the third. But now when we have schools like Jackson State that are starting to get more of that TV time, not just ESPN Plus, they're on actual ESPN they're getting regular season games on there, bowl games on there. You have coach prime there as well. And he's getting all of the recruits that he's getting in. People are starting to see that you can get all of those accolades that people were pulling for from the big schools. And you can still have that HBCU experience that HBCU love, not have to deal with some of those other things that you deal with at the uh, other schools. So I'm really excited to see what can happen, but it's ultimately it's going to fall on athletes and how much faith they have in themselves to go into a program that doesn't have that big of a spotlight.
0: Absolutely. And and by the way, Travis Hunter is the highest uh, rated player ever in modern recruiting history, which modern recruiting only dates back, I want to say uh, 20 some odd years to when rivals started doing their rankings, but he's the highest ever in modern recruiting uh, to, uh, to sign to an HBCU. Uh, so, with that being said, I, I'll i say this. I think that it is a great thing for HBCUs. And what I don't want to happen, or what I want everybody to understand, is Travis Hunter is only one player. So, what I see so often, because let's just call it what it is. Let's call a spade a spade. There were a lot of very racist people frothing out the mouth when he uh, decided to commit to Jackson State. That's just the reality. There were a yeah, lot that was of nasty. people. nasty. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They were talking about this young man, called him everything but a good Christian. Uh, Doug Gottlieb in particular talked about um, everybody had everybody is rooting for a young man, making a bad decision, and then went on to talk about the lack of funding at HBCUs. But it's, it's a lot like when Oprah said, were you silent or were you silenced? The same thing can apply to HBCUs. And are HBC, do HBCUs lack funding or have they been intentionally underfunded? because anybody tell me the last time uh, a power five school has had to sue their state to get their proper endowment.
1: And as opposed you to- already know, I, I can go on and on about that as, you know, Maryland just settled with the Maryland HBCUs, but it's just something that people always like to bring up, like you said, but never want to look at the deeper meaning behind it. Like, okay, they may not have the, the funding and they may not have the facilities. That's, if I could take a shot for every time people talk about facilities at HBCUs, I would probably blackout, like I would be blackout drunk because that's Listen. all people ever say. But it's just like, okay, but why don't they have those facilities? Because they don't have that endowment. They don't have the boosters. They don't have all of those things that go into getting those facilities. It's an unfair matchup at the end of the day. If
0: you took a shot for every time somebody talked about HBCU facilities in reference to Travis Hunter, you'd be up there with Betty White. <laughs> no, nah, nah, we, we love you, DeLon. It ain't time yet, okay? She lived 99 and a half years. Let's get you somewhere close to that. All right? But, um, no, I agree. There's, there's a, a lot of layers to that conversation that people are just scratch the surface and say, oh, well, they don't have enough uh, funding and that's it. But, again, he is one player. So, if his experience is not optimal, if he is not, if he does not turn into um, a top cornerback in the draft in twenty twenty, what would it be? Twenty twenty or four, five, or whenever he'd be eligible. I don't want people to look at this, which we know will happen anyway. I don't want people to look at that and say, "Ah, see, that's what happens when you go over there uh, with those folks instead of coming over to PWI XYZ," because that's that's just again, that is something that we know is going to happen with him but the hope is that travis goes out balls out dominates everything in his path and nfl teams are like all right wait a minute this kid is he's special on both sides of the ball which i honestly think he is i i really do and of course everybody looks like that in high school for the most part all the best players but i mean again he he was the number one player for a reason let's see how this thing uh plays out and pans out and now Josh and Chris, I want y'all to to join in here just a little bit because we're talking about a situation where everybody's talking about uh, a college kid's decision in Travis Hunter, but let's talk about another college decision that a lot of people are talking about. A lot of folks are opting out of bowl games. It's bowl season, and a lot of guys have decided, you know what? It's just not worth it. A lot of players who are said to be first, second, even some third-round pick guys opting out of bowl games, and I'm going to read the quotes from uh kirk herbstreet and mike leach and i'm gonna ask you all what you think about that so kirk herbstreet um on college game day preparing for the rose bowl said what's the difference as a player when saying these games are meaningless when Des, when we played in meaningless games um i mean i know you guys were here a lot i just don't understand If you don't make it to the playoff, and when he said, I know you guys were here a lot, he was talking about Michigan being in a Rose Bowl. I just don't understand if you don't make the playoff, how is it meaningless to play football and compete? Isn't that what we do as football players? We compete. I don't know if changing it or expanding is going to change anything. I really don't. I just think this era of player just doesn't love football. And Mike Leach, the head coach of Mississippi State goes on to say, you've got an obligation to place to the place that helped build and develop you and finish it out in the bowl. That's part of it. You owe it to your team. You owe it to your fans. You owe it to your coaches. It's the most bizarre thing in the world to me. Somebody says, well, I can't play one more game. They think they're going to have a storied 10 year NFL career and then they can't play one more college game. Well, that's ridiculous. I mean, guys will go to the NFL. They'll make the Pro Bowl and then they'll play in the Pro Bowl. It's one of the biggest absurdities that I've that I've seen, and it's selfish too. So, Chris, Josh, what do y'all think about this? What what what's what's your thoughts here? Um,
2: so I think the quotes that you just read are coming from a, a old head and sports perspective, or really just an old head and general perspective, because. Um, From that era, a lot of people have loyalties to, I got a loyalty to this school, I have a loyalty to this obligation, I have a loyalty to this job to the point where they will be um, irrationally faithful to a place because they felt like it did something for them. But at the same time, depending on the player that it's coming from, a lot of these games are meaningless, and they should set out if they want to. It's, It's at a point to where if you've done what you're supposed to do, or you know you're coming back to school next year or you know your place is going to be on the draft, or you know where your standing is, it's it's really no point in playing this game and and risking whatever it is that you don't you know feel like doing at that point, whether it's injury, whether it's sickness, whatever the case may be.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chris, what do you think about these opt outs, man? Man, I think it's bad,
3: bad for business, bad for the player and all. Um, it's kind of putting them on a pedestal, and I I want to make a comment, but the line was she was speaking the good stuff on the last segment how. Dion he actually kind of to me when he makes comments like call me coach. He's instilling discipline to me I haven't had one coach that hasn't corrected me when I call him a first name and told me not It to, hasn't told me to call them coach. They was like call me coach. So-and-so don't call me You know like we we don't we we friends at the end of the day But I still want the respect that I'm the coach, you know, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's kind of like I just really don't have no No guidance. They just kind of just like, I'm too good. I'm I'm above playing in a bowl game. It doesn't matter. However, if you watched that Rose Bowl yesterday or Saturday, it was. You watched that Rose Bowl. Yeah, yesterday. You watched that Rose Bowl. Ohio State was missing four guys, I believe. And it was ugly to start that game. They almost scored 100 combined points. I know football scoring is exciting. But when you have one receiver get three touchdowns, that's a sophomore. That adds to his resume for playing in a game that, quote-unquote, didn't matter. So, to me, those guys that are third-round picks, you not even, you know what I mean? You could you could add to your resume and go crazy in one of those bowl games. I mean, to me, it's just, why are you feel like you above playing in a bowl game? I just don't get it.
0: It's amazing to me that Chris calls me and Josh AARP, and he <laughs> breaks out the old school tape. I can't believe it, Delon. What are, What are your thoughts on uh, players opting out of bowl games and Mike Leach and Kirk Herbstreit's comments?
1: You know me. You know I'm the the revolutionary. Absolutely, <laughs> I'm all all for it. Like that's why
0: we had to get you on after bowl season. That this right here. Go ahead.
1: I absolutely. It just. It's insane to me for them to sit at the table. For me, you know, I try to look at it from the journalistic perspective as well. So for you to have that opportunity to sit and comment on these players and and these teams and you sit there and you go off on these subjective tangents about, oh, well back in my day, well, this, this isn't your day anymore for one. Two, I applaud like the millennials and Gen Z for thinking outside of the box and looking at how players were treated and are treated. And they're saying, you know, no, I'm not doing that. I'm going to take care of myself because nobody else is going to take care of me. That's how I see it. So even if they don't agree with what they're doing for them to use their platforms to kind of look down on them, was just kind of disingenuous to me, you know, feel how you feel, but don't don't rag on them like that. And in your position, I, I didn't like that.
0: Yeah. it it is flatly amazing to me and I tell people this all the time folks just don't want to pay attention if you follow the money it will tell you what's going on every time do y'all know what percentage of bowl games ESPN had like where what percentage were ESPN uh were on their different channels and platforms
1: damn they're all of them I'm sure all except
0: all except one. One bowl game. The holiday bowl was the only bowl that was carried by Fox Sports. The only one. Duh, they're saying the best players should play. Uh, duh, they're <laughs> getting money off that. That is how let, let's let's look at this thing like this, okay? Kirk Herb Street, um, Desmond Howard. And Mike Leach are the three we'll focus on right now, okay? Those three are saying that these players need to play. The lowest net worth out of those three is about four million dollars, estimated to be between four and six million dollars. Mike Leach's net worth, estimated to be eight million dollars. He has a five million dollar a year salary. He made three million a year at Washington State. And then, and then Desmond Howard, former NFL player, he's he's making a couple of M's too, allegedly. Now, here's the most interesting part about this to me. And I, I made a TikTok about this, but let's do this again. Just for Let's just pretend that every player on that field is extremely privileged. Let's just say that they all come from rich families that when they, as soon as they graduate or as soon as they decide, hey, I'm done with college, their parents give them a half a million dollar or a $450,000 house and a $50,000 car. Okay. So that's a half a million dollars worth of assets, right? Yep. Do y'all know how much the average first rounder was set to make per year last year? Which actually was a down year because uh, their pay scales went down due to COVID and lack of uh, marketing money. So, do y'all know how much they stood to make per year? Approximately 4.5 million. <clears throat> That's If you're a first rounder, you're set to make approximately 4.5 million a year. So even if your family is dead rich, and was like, hey, bro, here you go. Take a wonderful house. Take a wonderful car. You, you, you're you starting off life with half a million dollars in assets. Take right. all the stocks and bonds in the world to give you this amount of money. You're still increasing your value, your wealth, by nine times over just because you've been deemed a first-rounder. That's, that's the reality of what we're looking at here. And my old head response was
3: more so to like those third round guys that could be second or first round guys. They have one big performance, you know. Oh
0: yeah, uh, oh yeah.
3: That that's the, that's what I was coming. If you're a first rounder and you got you already been banged up this season, of course I would say I'm, a, I'm for the players sit out. But for those second and third round that could be third, they borderline. You could mm-hmm. do something in that bowl game and really stand out and and and, and get you that extra juice to move the needle. And that's the crazy.
0: And the crazy thing about it is Matt Corral gets injured in the bowl game and it looked like it was minor. It didn't look like it was anything too serious that it was going to crazily affect his draft stock. But if you all are old enough and enough in the football to remember, Jalen Smith was a once in a generation linebacker. And then in the uh, Tostitos, I can't remember, Fiesta Bowl against Ohio State, his knee planted into the ground and his leg bent in a way. It wasn't doing the fable, man. I'll just tell you that. It was the exact opposite. <laughs> and he was never the same player after that that he was before. Right. Or you look at Jake Butt of Michigan, one of the best tight ends in the nation. Boom. He got hurt in the bowl game. Look what happened. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you're looking at players who can increase their wealth by nine times. And mind you, we're saying nine times for a kid that's rich and parents have given them 500000 a lot of these uh, folks, parents, I've, I've seen those houses during those drive parties. Um, They got a two-step house. Every two steps you take, you're <laughs> in a new room. You take two steps, you in the kitchen, you take two more steps, you might be out the house, you take two more steps, you might be in the backyard. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy to me to think that we're even having a conversation about whether or not these kids should play. And I'll just pose one final question here and, and we'll move on. If these universities could increase their endowment, Nine times over by forcing a player to sell out a game. You think they'd do it? If these coaches could guarantee their contract to grow nine times what it is now by sitting out one player for one game, they already knew, like, hey, I've already put myself in position, all I gotta do is sit out this one game. You think that they would do it? Absolutely. So, you know, that's just my thoughts there. And and sorry to go on a little bit of a, a rambling. Bit there, but that's just the reality of what I'm looking at. And now we'll get back to the actual on the field stuff in college football. Alabama beat Cincinnati twenty-seven to six, and Georgia beat Michigan thirty-four to eleven, which is another repeat of an all-SEC national championship, which ha- which has been produced twice since we've uh, started up this this playoff uh, situation. The last one was Alabama and Georgia as well. So, Georgia opened up as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. They are now down to two-and-a-half-point favorites. But can I get your thoughts on how the playoff games went and your predictions? Delana, I'm going to start with you here.
1: I'm going to keep it fresh and funky with y'all. When it comes to PWI football, I watch, but I do not analyze. Mm. <laughs> so, I'll give you my take <laughs> on the Rose Bowl because that's the one that I did watch. The Rose Bowl kept my attention the entire Time that game was so good, start to finish. Yeah. Oh my god, it was so a hard pig farmer was the to... star. That's crazy, <laughs> <laughs> it, it kept my attention the entire time. But when it comes to the national championship, y'all, I do not, I just hope both teams have fun. I, I don't have a dog in this fight at all.
0: <laughs> I, I understand completely. You you know, that's see, that's how you know, um, Delana's gonna be a great parent if she chooses to be when that time comes because. What do all parents say? Do all the parents that's not super overbearing say? Hey, I just hope you go out there and have fun, okay? Yeah, just have, have, have fun. Have
1: fun. Do your best. Be safe, yes. Just yep, have fun and there. come back to me in one piece.
0: That's what my <laughs> exactly. mom always used to say before games. Have fun and come back to me in one piece. Fellas, what are y'all thoughts on the playoff games and the national championship?
3: Uh, for me, uh, the, the actually, it was a good thing for Cincinnati to me because... They actually, for the first half, they held their own for, for a division that always gets excluded, even if they go undefeated into the playoffs. So I think that's good for Cincinnati. They might have opened doors for their conference. Um, the bad thing is they play Alabama. Ah, that, yeah. that, that, that sucks. That sucks. Uh, it looks good starting out, but I think it was 17-3 in the first half or 17-6, one or the other. So it wasn't completely over after two quarters like I thought it would be. I thought after the second quarter, we had turned that game off. But they made it to the third quarter. Then I was like, okay, yeah, I don't have to watch this anymore. Um, So that's good for their division. Michigan, I don't know where the confidence from those Michigan fans has came from. Hardball was 0-8 against Ohio State. He barely was beating Michigan State, and Michigan State hasn't had a great roster since they went to the college football playoffs. I really don't know where the nerve a lot of those Wolverine fans came from. They really expected the only team to give Alabama a lot of problems, other than Alabama had a game where they lost this year, which they kind of lost threw to in the uh, Texas
0: A&M, which was uh, which was Nick Saban's first time losing one of his former assistants.
3: Right, 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 but. They came into the game with so much confidence. And from I told everybody, this is the lock of the year. That minus seven they gave Georgia was so low, it was embarrassing. Like, I almost wanted to tell people, put everything you have on that minus seven because that is disrespect. Georgia was the best football team all season long until they lost one game. And you
0: know who they lost to, Gibbs? Let's tell the audience who they lost to, Gibbs. They lost to Bama in the SEC Championship game. <laughs> right. They
3: lost to Bama in that literally the best team all of football. Michigan's first time being in the college football playoffs since Hardball. And people actually thought that Michigan had a chance. They haven't won. They've won their first big game this year. Since Hardball. Michigan State is not a big game. We're supposed to. Michigan State's supposed to be the little brother. And they ain't looking so much little brother. Because I think right. Michigan State the last 10 years is 6-4 and four over Michigan. I think. I'm not sure. I know Michigan State beat them a lot since Hardball got there. But to me, it's it's, it's ridiculous that Michigan had all that praise. And Georgia did what they are supposed to do. I'm mad they let them score at the end because I want them to be single digits because I'm still recovering from that Alabama butt whipping they gave to Michigan State when they was in the college football playoff. So I want them to get beat down pretty bad like that. But for me, I don't know how that – yeah, Vegas messed up with that. But they might have gave you that one. They baiting people to bet on Georgia again for Bama. That's how they're going to get their money back because that was the lock of the century.
0: Mm, mm.
3: Josh, what you thinking, man? Man, um, so so for starters, I want to start with
2: Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati actually got a lot to look forward to. It's kind of hard to, to say that when you were programming and just lost 6-27, to 27, but that loss was against Bama, so it's nothing against them. But I think my biggest takeaway from that game is um, Cincinnati didn't make mistakes. Which means they got a good, they got a good, you know, program in place. They got players that's coming back, so they got a good thing going for them. Because you want to get a team with that much firepower, they're they're going to score points on you. But the fact that they made little, they made little to no defensive mistakes. They gave up 27 points to Alabama, and they made no, they didn't have any turnovers on the on the offensive side of the ball either. So I think that's a thing to look forward to. Because that means they got a good program in place, and they can come back and they can replicate it a few more years.
0: For sure. For sure. You know, when I when I watch these playoff games, let, let me start here. A lot of people say, Well, I hope that we can stop all of this group of five in the playoff now, because Cincinnati lost by twenty-one. Do y'all know what the average margin of victory in the playoff games are? Exactly twenty-one, 21 points. That's really? that's the average margin of victory. Also, Michigan lost by more than them. Like, what I mean <laughs> You know, like, there's not... And it wasn't of, even
3: a game for Michigan. At least Cincinnati had a game.
0: The worst blowouts that we've seen have been 39 points, 31 points, things along those lines. And those have included all power five teams. So, I mean, at the end of the day, the, the idea that, oh, well, well, these teams don't belong because this team lost by 21. They lost by the average. And the other team, the other game was less competitive than that. One. So, that's just the reality there. Um, now Georgia being two and a half point favorites, I don't know who did it or why. It does not make sense. I Saban is 25 and 1 against his former assistants. The only loss he's ever suffered was this year against Jimbo Fisher. And guess how many points that was by? Three! So even if Texas had them with three and a half point favorites, guess what? You would have lost that bet betting against Saban. I Listen, unless Georgia, I'm sorry, but I'm a firm believer in the best predictor of future behaviors is the past. And Georgia has shown repeatedly that they are Steve Rogers before the super soldier serum when they face Alabama. But they're Steve <laughs> Rogers as Captain America when they face anybody else in America. So that, to me, Georgia got to show me something before I believe uh, that they're, they're for real and that they're actually going to do something uh, with with Alabama. Now, listen, would that be a... listen.
3: Hold on, w- one more thing. Oh, go ahead. You could, ask, ahead. You could ask somebody. That the guy at the line told to to, to to bounce after he cut off the football. You could ask him what team in college not to bet on, and he'll tell you, don't bet against Alabama in college football. Like, that's how immortal Alabama is. Like, you know, if you go bet against anybody, you're not supposed to bet against Bama.
0: Hey, hey, listen, big dog, I hear you, but I don't know. I mean, listen, I'm going to just say this. All the people I know that's like, hey, man, can you, can you turn that, that football off? I'm not really interested. <laughs> oh, I don't know much about college sports. I don't know about it. I'm just like, I'm just like yeah, don't shoot me. I'm just a messenger, but anyway. Um, all right, so with that being said, right, we talked about opt-outs, and we talked about how that's affecting the, uh, the bowls and the viewership and all that. Uh, so... With that being said, which actually, the opt-outs have not effective viewership as much as people think because these bowl games have been the highest-rated programs on these days, whichever days they run. So, right. very interesting thing there. But, anywho, with that being said, uh, do you all think that expanding the playoff is a viable solution to the opt-outs? And, and would that be something that you would even want to see with what we're currently seeing out of the semifinal games?
3: Uh, for me, I don't want to see it. Uh, I used to want to, I probably said on the show, I want to, but when I did a deep dive into it, that means college football is going to extend to almost the end of February. If you put eight teams, cause they only can play one game a week. They coming back from the holiday break. Most of the time you see, they, the, ten, the, the playoff game was played on the new year's Eve and then the game's not to the 10th. So that means you have to wait two more weeks cause will be two more, two more games that have to be played to the championship so to me it's just drawing out the season i mean at the end of the day you know who gonna be there after you have the four teams make it and they get voted in right. i think they could increase the voters in it maybe that'll sway the tide a little bit for those power five teams and, and even some hbcu teams because they don't get enough uh credit because a lot of hbcu teams had great season this year not where they could be in a playoff uh, college football playoff yet, but they, they, it's going to come. You see more top guys out of high school are coming into the HBCU field. Um, but if you add more voters and diversify the voters, I think it'll change it enough where you don't need to extend the playoffs to more teams.
0: Well, we're, we're just now seeing some FCS uh, some FCS HBCU. So, I mean, you could be on to something with that because we've seen teams climb up out of the FCS into FBS and when you get to the FBS, hey, it's up from there. It's 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 all right. you, it's on you to uh, whether or not you can get to a national championship. So, Josh, what are you thinking, man? Is, is expansion the way to go, or is it like, eh, um, kind ex- of a fool's <clears throat> errand."
2: Expansion wouldn't solve the issue. It would actually just be making it worse because we would just see an extended version of what we're already seeing. Like, I agree with Chris. It would just drag uh, out the season way too long. People would be playing later in the year. Um, and from what we see now, wouldn't be a lot of parity as far as the teams go. You know what teams you're going to see going into it. You know who the number one seed is going to be. You know how, how the, the seeding is going to work pretty much. So it's just extending the issue that we already have. And it wouldn't be a solution to the opt-outs either because the, you know what I'm saying? It, it would, These same players that's opting out this year because the playoffs have been extended, that's not going to be a reason for them to say, hey, let's go ahead and play. They're going to opt out regardless of, of how the playoff is currently structured.
0: You know, I my my thought is this. I don't believe that the playoffs should be – I believe that the playoffs should be expanded, but not for parity reasons. At the end of the day, if you look at the playoffs, if you look at uh, what the FCS has, right – They've got a true playoff format that like a ton of teams get in and all that, but I mean, all right. So let's let's run down their last let's run down their last ten champions. Uh, Sam Houston, North Dakota State, North Dakota State, North Dakota State, James Madison, North Dakota State, 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 and North Dakota State. Like that's it is what it is. I mean, you can you can bring in all the teams you want, but. You're not, the best team is going to be the best team. Right. Um, I think that the playoffs should expand though, because everybody keeps talking about UCF had their year where they called themselves national champs. And the group of five is always talking about, well, well we need to get into the party and we need a shot. Good. Give them the shot. Give them the shot. Give everybody the shot to do what they got to do. I think it's expanding out to maybe eight, maybe 16. Mm, I think eight. I think 10 would be the ideal number uh for this reason 10 gives you the opportunity to put in every conference champion if they are inside the rpi top 25 or 35 and anybody who's not gets replaced by an at-large bid as well as two at-large bids i think that that's the way to go and it gives everybody a shot because granted yes most years again it would be alabama winning it just like in the fcs most years it's North Dakota State every year. But at the end of the day, Nick Saban is not a once-in-a-generation coach. Nick Saban is a once-coach, period. We're, we're not seeing another Nick Saban right. for a very long time. Like, for those of you who don't understand, Nick Saban took Michigan State to a Sugar Bowl when they were, like, virtually irrelevant when he got there. They lost to Nebraska by, like, 60 points in one of his first games there. And that was when Nebraska had Tom Osborne, they were like, amazing. They had Lawrence Phillips and all that. They they were unstoppable. But you go forward from there and you say, well, what did Nick Saban do after Michigan State? Where did he go next? He left for LSU where he won a national championship. Well, where did he go from LSU? He left for the NFL where he figured out very quickly, this is not for me. These players do not do what I want them to do. When I yell at them in a certain way, I'm out then after he left the nfl he went to alabama what did he do in alabama oh yeah what he's doing now championship after championship after championship that's not going to be forever parody we, will come we, again
3: we, we did see one one coach try to do it but it's a different story for a different day
0: who, who? I,
3: I'm, I, He not he's not nowhere in the stratosphere at saving but urban meyer definitely tried to try to
0: try to try so Urban Meyer, <laughs> Urban Meyer has been close, but again, yeah. look at Urban Meyer right now. That man yeah. is nuclear. Would you want your program to be anywhere around? the The biggest thing about Nick Saban is the winning. The next biggest thing is he's winning, and nobody can like find anything to say about. It's like, oh, Saban's terrible for this reason. Urban Meyer, you can't find three people with good things to say about the man. <laughs> like that's just the reality. So I mean. Again, Nick Saban is not once in like a generation, like, oh yeah, in ten years we'll see another coach that runs college football like this. No, no we won't. No. No, we won't. When he retires, college football should be thankful for it. Everybody else who won the championship, y'all better y'all better be thanking your lucky stars, because that's <laughs> that's it on that. Um now we named this episode after all the folks having meltdowns, and we gotta we gotta talk about this before we get out of here. So, Antonio Brown has a meltdown on the sidelines, takes off all his pads, takes off his shirt, throws it into the crowd, uh, leaves the game with only uh, the skin on his back, his cleats, and his pants. And um, in the Rockets locker room, Chris is wearing a Rockets shirt right now. how gracious of him to stay on topic here. Uh, The Rockets also had a little bit of a meltdown in their locker room. Uh, As Shams Lacanaria reports it, After the Rockets, uh, after Rockets assistant, John Lucas called out multiple players, including Kevin Porter Jr. and Christian Wood at halftime tonight versus the Nuggets. Porter had a heated exchange with Lucas through an object and promptly left the arena, and Woods refused to sub in in the second half. Woods was benched to start the loss to Denver after missing a mandatory COVID-19 window. Lucas put, uh, Lucas called out the entire team at halftime and focused on Woods' effort level, and Porter had a heated exchange with the assistant and then drove out at halftime. Which meltdown do y'all think is worse? Let's, let's start there. Which meltdown do y'all think is worse?
2: I'm at to have to go with Antonio Brown on this one just because I think we can pinpoint where the Rockets' meltdown came from. It's just, mm-hmm. am- it's just a symptom of losing. We, you know, if you play organized sports at some point, you know, it doesn't feel good to lose. So I think it's just a combination of things that was brewing in that locker room that just came to to the forefront in the wrong way. Antonio Brown, I think that one is worse uh, because it's only worse because we don't know the basis of it or we don't know exactly why that occurred. It could be as simple as he was sick and you know, he was sick of the team and wanted to walk out. It can be something that had been brewing over time. It could be something mental health related and we're not aware of that. So I think I think that's the biggest issue.
0: Okay. All right. Chris, which one you think is worse, man? I
3: think Antonio Brown's was. Uh that's that's Sunday during Brady's game, when well, you know everybody watching, especially since they were struggling against the Jets. The Bro fact said that he,
0: Brady's game, Lord Jesus." I'm, too <laughs> I,
3: I'm serious. Like, I mean, you know, everybody go to they they, they pray on Brady's downfall, or they want Brady to win. So you're gonna see most of the odds on that game. But anyway, he took his jersey off, walked off the field shirtless,
2: mm-hmm. threw
3: up deuces, then posted on Instagram a super picture of Grimless. himself and put the caption, as super grim." <laughs> that is a six year old temper tantrum. Yeah. Anybody that don't know, just look, listen to the song. By Kodak called Super Gremlin and just listen to the lyrics. It's a good song, got a catchy hook, but the things Kodak says in there is just so disrespectful. Uh, Gibbs don't like the song for this one line. I'm not gonna repeat. It just no <laughs> it was something fake and they still ate it anyway. Okay, mm. so uh, I'll let Miss Sellers touch on it, but I think Antonio Brown made a complete fool of himself and I think he might be done. Who gonna
0: want him after that? Okay, all right, Delon, wh- wh- which one do you think was worse?
1: Oh, yeah, it's A.B. for sure, but I'm going to have to say I know where his came from. It came from that hit Vontes Burford gave him all those years ago. He ain't been right since. Yeah, you, well,
0: you're not well, well <laughs> you know <laughs> what? I, I got to be the odd one out. I think the Rockets is way worse. I think mm. the Rockets is way worse. So let me tell you why. Did any, is anybody surprised by this with Antonio Brown? Like if somebody told you like, oh, Antonio Brown kind of had a meltdown and went out the stadium shirtless. Would you be surprised? <laughs> not at all. I mean, no. I wouldn't be surprised, but I would say that I thought he was past that part. of. The I don't script. think y'all understand. The last incident with this man, he had a, va- a fake vaccine card. How did everybody <laughs> find out that he had a fake vaccine card? Because he told his personal chef who he then did not pay. <laughs> like it to me, Anybody who knows where the bodies are buried, they need to be the first person paid, whatever you got going right. on. That person needs to be, hey, here you go, big dog. Hey, you know I mean? All of the homeboys that are yes men and don't know nothing, uh, they, you get to them later. Anybody who's performing a service for you that they don't know nothing, they just cleaned out your car or something, haha, I'm going to stiff you, All right. whatever, nobody cares. The people who know your worst deeds, he was barely hanging on the team by a string and then that happened. So. To me, I mean, with Antonio Brown, we all knew this was coming. The man blew $100 million from the Raiders and called his grandma and said, Grandma, I'm free. This man, like DeLon said, (laughs) he ain't been right in the head in years. However, and here's why I say it's worse with the Rockets. Number one, this is their coach's first year or is it his second this is second year, but you know that the is. first
3: year it was when James
0: Harden made right. the turmoil
3: a lot, and years. that's
0: that's exactly what I was about to get into. This is two years straight of turmoil, of nastiness, of I'm I'm done with this from the Rockets. Two straight years now, and honestly, Kevin Porter Jr. nor Christian Wood. I uh, listen, no disrespect to these young men, they are both ballers. I wish Christian Wood was still on the Pistons. Neither one of them are, are that good to do this type of stuff and get away with it. So like, And I think that they know that. I think that both of them know, like, I'm not going to have a 10-year career after doing this. I think that both of them know that. So for them to cut up like this, way worse for me. Um, so with that being said, Chris, we're going to touch on something that you said earlier. Have we seen Antonio Brown play his last snap in the NFL? What are you thinking? Yes,
3: uh, for the well, actually, you know what? No, because it's a team out there that's gonna be like, you know what? Let's just go get a B. He'll sell tickets because the yeah, NFL is a really money, money hungry place, mm-hmm. and I really feel like I'm trying to think of a team, especially with COVID. I mean, you see the NBA; it's players that haven't played in years getting ten day contracts. Greg well, with Monroe, Mario Thomas, <laughs> Greg, Mor- Greg Monroe got signed, and Mario Chalmers got signed a week later. I'm like, okay, bro. Y'all just doing whatever.
0: I said, bro. I know I can I know I can box somebody out. <laughs> no, it's
2: I don't know. Mario Chalmers is crazy to me, man. Because it's like, if you can make a list of players that's like kind of removed from the league, but they can still play, Isaiah Thomas, Joe Johnson, like a Jamal right. Crawford or something. That would that wouldn't. Yo, when Mario Chalmers was was active. He wasn't that guy. So the fact that he got a contract a decade later, I, man, if you told me made, 100 lie. players, Mario Chalmers was not on
0: it. I'm not going to lie. Mario Chalmers was a good 3-and-D guy for about three years and then out that of <laughs> that That's what I'm saying. So so with COVID, I mean,
3: you could see AB just signing one-year deals or either, I don't know what's the minimum contract you get in NFL. I think it's like a two-game two-game deal you can get an NFL. Yeah,
0: I don't, I don't know what the uh, minimum. Yeah, I
3: could kind of see thing. him getting like a two-game two, two deal. That way you ain't got to deal with him long-term or even a one-year deal where you pay him like eight million bucks or something like that. You ain't got to deal with him long-term. But I don't know. I'll let the line talk on it.
1: <laughs> Unless he kneels for the anthem, he'll be back.
3: Oh, my Lord.
1: Oh, my Lord.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. My bad. <laughs> Ooh. I mean, listen, listen. The, the, speak power to truth. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. Right. I'm going to tell you this. I don't think that he'll be back. I don't. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why you're right. The NFL is money hungry. You are absolutely right. Folks are out to sell tickets. However, I don't think Antonio Brown even has the marketability for either one of those things. Like if you look at Emmitt Smith going to the Cardinals, the Cardinals way overpaid for bro, because like he was still revered as a hero. If you look at T.O. going to all the different teams that he did at the end of his career, Chad Johnson to the uh, to what who was it the Dolphins was it the the, it was either the Dolphins or the Patriots whoever Chad Johnson went to at the end of his career he still has some marketability and he was not known as a bad guy Antonio Brown is genuinely known as a bad guy around the league but that's not the biggest part the biggest part is he can no longer produce that's the biggest when you combine those two factors like if you can't produce he had a touchdown today didn't he. Okay, let me let me tell you what this man's production was at his height all right let's 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 get into it this man had one two three four five six seasons 100 receptions, a hundred of 1,200 um as far as yards and a minimum of eight touchdowns he had eight 13 10 12 nine and 15. after 2018 that man has fallen off a cliff this year he has 500. 45 uh, receiving yards on 42 receptions with four touchdowns. He's not, he's not that guy anymore. He's just not. That's, that's the reality here. So, to me, when you start all this drama and all that, teams can keep you. Teams will keep you if you're, like DeLon said, as long as you don't do the wrong thing to upset the wrong people, the NFL will always find a way to bring you back if you have the talent. I don't think Antonio Brown has the talent to compensate for his public view anymore. When Mike Vick came back off the, the dog fighting ring, Mike Vick was still one of the baddest quarterbacks in the league. It made sense. It made, even if people hated him, he can help your team win. And, that, and quarterback is a premium position. You don't just find good ones off the street. Trust me, ask the Broncos ask the the panthers with what they got going up well the panthers got a lot going on that's another story for another time but <laughs> ask a lot of teams that right now will be very good with a quarterback ask chris the steelers what happens if you got a, a good quarterback with a good roster sorry chris i'm done. you know, the lions are in that group too That we ain't had a good yeah, about, I, 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 I ain't tipping y'all, y'all got golf
3: so i mean I, i'm still uh, better than you yeah, <laughs> all
0: right. All right. hey listen those two is about the same but that that's another story for another time Long story short, I don't think that he'll be back. Uh simply because simply because he's done too much yin-yang and riff-raffy. He don't got the talent uh to match that level anymore. And and again, it's it it really is a situation where I hope that Antonio Brown gets the help that he needs for his mental health because he's a father. Like right. at the end of the day, there are little ones that you are directly responsible for taking care of. And um so yeah, I hope he gets it together from that angle. And that's that's all I got to say about that. Um, thank you all so very much for coming out. We appreciate you every single time. Thank you, Delon. Can you tell the good folks where they can find your work?
1: Yes, you can find my work on my website, delonnoel.com, D E L O A N N O E L L E, And you can follow me at that same handle on Twitter and Instagram. Be careful on Twitter on game days. <laughs>
0: Hey,
3: I will say the line on game day is probably one of my funniest people to score <laughs> pass follows. on this. Uh, man, Absolutely, man.
0: I'll tell you what, the Washington football team stresses me out for her. Like, I, I'm <laughs> not even a Washington football team fan. And the way she tweeted, I just i be sitting up here, what is Rob Rivera doing? Please, please. I don't
1: deserve <laughs> it. I just, I don't. Hey, you saw the stadium fell apart, almost Yeah. killed yeah. Jalen Hurts.
0: Hey, listen, if like, Jalen Hurts was two steps forward, I'll tell you what, that leg was finna go. <laughs> go. That was, that's all it took, but he, hey. You know, he was on the Lord's side today, okay? That's that's all we got to talk about there. Anywho, we know y'all tired of us talking about meltdowns and stadiums falling down and all that good stuff. But come on back next week and the week after that and the week after that. Peace and love, y'all.